um, why don't we start with you telling the, the good people who are listening, uh, who you are. Hello, good people. So my name's Kat Hepburn. I'm a writer and a spoken word artist and an educator. And I have like 10 jobs, as a lot of people do in the <laughs> arts. But yeah, that's kind of my main deal. I'm interested in exploring lots of like feminist work. And, um, and yeah, that's kind of, that's me in a little nutshell. So a lot of people know you for your spoken word and Sonnet Youth, you're involved in that, aren't you? Yes, Sonnet Youth. So that is, for those of you that don't know, it's like a, a, a production company, a spoken word production company, and we do spoken word cabaret nights. I co-run it with my very good friend and very talented poet, Kevin P. Gilday. So we've been co-running that for about three, three, four years now. And yeah, it's sort of grown from being like a unpaid, like not paying anyone, a... We used to just get really pissed, like <laughs> um, charge like nothing at the door to this kind of thing. It's grown and grown to be a kind of monthly night in Glasgow and Edinburgh. And we've started producing uh, and directing other people's theatre shows, which is really exciting, as well as doing our own. Yeah. I saw that, I saw that, because um, you guys are co-producing with Drew Taylor, aren't you? That's right, yeah, That's we're really producing exciting. his new tour, um, which will be out later this year in November. We're starting that tour, Thick Skin, Elastic Heart. So yeah, we're lucky. It just kind of, stuff's just sort of not fell onto our laps because we have worked really hard, but we are lucky in the way that it's grown, I think. But so many of these things, they, they grow organically when you just have an authentic desire to do something yeah. that excites you. Um, I love that idea. So many things come from just going, do you know what? We want to put this on. We're just going to go yeah. find the back room of a pub or... Yeah. Or a brewery, because you've done it in a brewery, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> and we always use it like, okay, Kev always introduces by saying, like, it's an actual piss-up in a brewery. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I think that's what got me alone the first time, actually. That that, that sort of level of marketing. I was like, piss-up yeah. in a brewery, I'm there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always good fun as well, and I think what's nice about, about, what's nice about Sonic Youth is that it's not just spoken word. I mean, I love spoken word, but sometimes it can be a bit much if you're listening to it all night. Mm. Um, so yeah, we have like musicians and rappers and comedians and all different types of people. Yeah, um, anyone involved in speaking words is speaking invited <laughs> on the stage. That's so yeah, awesome. it's good fun. So how long have you been doing it? How long have you been doing the, the speaking so, of the words? Oh yeah, I've been speaking words. How, when was my first word again? It was maybe, I was about one and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know if that's right. I don't have a baby, so that might be totally wrong. Um, yeah, I started spoken words through Kevin. We met at university when I was doing a master's in TV fiction writing. So I think about five years I've been doing it, roughly. Um, yeah, so I first got asked to be like the sacrificial poet at like a slam that he was running right. and then I got a flavour of like the sheer terror that it gives you being on stage but also the buzz yeah it's a bit so, addictive isn't it yeah <laughs> so you said you were studying screenwriting originally yeah tv fiction writing oh, we did a master's nice. so yeah my first degree my uh, undergrad was in theatre studies and slavonic which is eastern nice. european literature and cinema that's useful <laughs> yeah, yeah i got to watch a lot of movies with like uh, english subtitles watch a lot of polish and czech movies nice which is fun I actually really loved that. And then, yeah, I met Kev when we were doing our TV fiction writing course, which was just a year at Cali, but it was amazing. I loved it. Were you uh, ever tempted to go down that route and try and explore the I mean, yeah, world of TV writing? Yeah, I've got, like, I've got a, a script writing agent and I've done... I've worked for... I've worked as a story writer for River City for six months... Um, and I worked, uh, I did a tiny little stint at Hollyoaks as well. Oh, so cool. yeah, I have like so gone down dabble. that avenue, mm. but it's, 
I think at the moment what seems to be the pull or where the most work is and where the kind of quicker, um, the turnaround is so much faster with non-TV yes. work. So I could write a poem one night on a Thursday. I could perform it on the Friday night. I could film the video for it on the Sunday. I could put it out on the internet. And, you know, and it's, I think actually for now I'm happy exploring the live stuff more mm. than like the TV stuff. Yeah, but I would definitely explore it again. I'd take the paycheck certainly mm. from the TV world. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, when when it comes to TV, uh, just thinking about uh, being in writers' rooms mm-hmm. and a woman, did you experience anything in terms of that? Like you hear stories about it being notoriously like a, a boys' club um, um, for for that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't think I experienced that in any of the TV, in any of the kind of writer rooms that I was working in. Um, I think there's just dominant personalities. Mm. And actually a lot of the producers, I'm just trying to think, a lot of the producers that I worked with were like strong women. Um, so personally I didn't see it, but I mean, it's definitely still a problem, I'm sure. No, that's that's good though. Um, it's good that you had those um, those sort of figures in, yeah. the, in that world that's that's exciting to hear yeah I mean there was definitely a lot of men and some of them probably not so nice but yeah I think I, I think my personal experience I never came across anything like that but I mean it happens we both know <laughs> it happens I was just lucky I suppose no, that's, that's awesome yeah. and um, so tell us a little bit about the show you're writing right now so I finished writing it. I'm rehearsing it now. Um, so yeah, my head, my head is like uh, up my arse. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's called Girlhood. It's an exploration, hopefully a fun exploration of all things. Um, yeah, sort of like girl and womanhood related. It's like a journey through a girl's life from when she's a wee girl to growing into a woman and all the different experiences that she goes through. That sounds awesome. And is yeah. it is it just you? It's just me, yeah. So it means if I forget a line, then I can just pretend I've not forgotten it. Um, it's just me, yeah. So it's a one-woman show. Uh, but it's, there's so many different people that have helped me get here. It's so weird. You're like, it's like you you hear people go, oh, you know, there's a team. There's a team of people that have helped to make this happen. But there actually has been just so many wonderful people support all my friends are a great inspiration uh, for material and they're also just a great support and then I've had lots of people coming in and helping me on um, the kind of theatrical aspects the music the movement so yeah I will be the only person on stage but there's lots of different people that have helped to make it happen can you share any little um teasers as it were of the kind of things that your friends inspired you to write for it oh goodness Um, give a wee taste yeah of course so one of the poems is about our um about a girl's holiday to Magaluf. Uh-oh. And, yeah, there's, like, a wet T-shirt contest um, that the girl comes second place, but she she wins a beach towel, so <laughs> it makes getting naked under a shower on stage in front of 200, like, uh, yeah, screaming, like, kind of people in their early 20s. It makes it all worthwhile because she gets a beach towel. Um, Yeah, I've stolen and, well, stolen with permission lots of experiences of peers and friends and um, because, yeah, it's like a shared experience of being, I think, being a woman at this time, being a kind of elder millennial. Mm. Um, So there's lots of fun references in the play to, 
you know, music and different things, you know, things that people, hopefully it's got a nostalgic element is what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, I'm thinking back to some of the super tragic uh, holidays I had in my <laughs> late teens and early 20s. I'm just so, so glad that social media and smartphones were not a thing. Oh my God, I know. Because <laughs> some of the behaviour was perfectly repu- shocking. Yeah, my <laughs> reputation, I mean, it's not that great, but I would be in tatters right now <laughs> if social media had existed on holidays like that. Yeah, what happens in Magaluf yeah, stays in my- <laughs> I know, I should have called the poem that. Um, but yeah, so I've had a lot of fun exploring things like that and telling stories that hopefully people relate to. Um, yeah. And how long has it been in development? Um, when did you get the idea? So I wrote the book last year and then it got published via Speculative Books in November and then I did a really wee book tour and then I started developing the book into a show. Nice one. So I think the idea came to me on a beach in Malaga. I'm actually just remembering this. It came to me on a beach in Malaga in June last year when I was sitting with a, a probably a beer, an ice cold beer in my hand, and I was like, I was just chatting things through with one of my dear friends, Bryony, um, and she sort of helped tease out what it was I was trying to say, which often you need someone else there, don't you, to be like, right, what, what, what do you mean by this? Yeah. So yeah, after that, it just. I think I wrote it quite quickly and then from then it's been developing. But it's been in my heart, my whole Yes, life. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So you were on a girl's holiday when the idea came to you? Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah. I was on a really nice, just two of us, girl's holiday and all we did was drink and eat loads and chat. That so, sounds yeah, amazing. That's where, that's where it kind of came from. So mm-hmm. do you think that, um, I mean, it sounds like there's going to be quite a specific audience for this show in terms of women our age but it also sounds like it would speak to anybody who you know grew up in the sort of 90s would you say yeah yeah I would say I was a 90s kid I mean I I also thought that I was like right it's going to be really good for people that have grown up in the same era era as me but then when when I did a reading of the book and the book and the show are quite similar like there's a lot of the same material a lot that's been developed and some of it's changed quite a bit too but I mean the bare bones are still there and I performed one of my poems to an audience in like the middle of nowhere in Argyll in this gorgeous place called Ardfern and I had like older women coming up to me you know women well into like their 60s and 70s who were just like wow like that poem really spoke to me when I was a teenager so it's one of those ones where it's personal and I'm making it universal but I actually do believe that these things will relate to people that you know, my assistant director, Erin Boyle, who's also an amazing uh, young poet, so yeah, watch watch her name, she's going to be huge probably one day, <laughs> she uh, didn't know what dial-up, the dial-up tone was, she was like, what is that sound effect? No. So it's brilliant having a young millennial in the room, or even generation, I don't know what generation are we on now, generation A, A, Z? I think it's Z. Zillennials? So it's good having a zillennial in the room. But who also relates to the, the awkwardness of the teenage years and the growing up. So yeah, yeah, hopefully it will speak to people that yeah that have those experiences, but also uh, people that yeah just hopefully it will speak to lots of different people. What's been um, through the development of the show? Um, have there have there been any have there been any discoveries for you as an artist mm. um, in terms of? The material, how it came together, something that you kind of... Yeah, I think uh, this... I think I'm... 
I don't know. Do you know what, Louise? I think my head's just too much, too in it right now to, to, know, to know properly. That, yeah. I think in hindsight, and hindsight will be a wonderful thing after yeah. the Edinburgh Fringe. Should we do this again in <laughs> September in the pub? And we're like, right, well, what, have realized, what have you realised is I'm shit. <laughs> <laughs> And I should just stick to writing poetry. No, absolutely um, not. One of our top rules here at Persistent Tenacity is that you are never allowed to say your shit. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I don't know. My head's too too in it. You you understand probably. My yeah, head's too in it. Absolutely. Because <laughs> you're in what you're in. What did you see? So I'm in my second. It's my second week of rehearsals. Week. Um, day two of my second week, but my first week was just sporadically spread out learning lines in Berlin because um, I wanted to just Ooh. escape from Scotland for a while. Uh, so this is like... This is like you, I yeah, I know. <laughs> this is like shit's getting real week now. Right, it's yeah. Tuesday mm. of shit's getting real. Yes, for those of you listening, I don't know when this will go out, probably just in about a week's time, so you'll be at the top of the festival the time you hear this, but we're the week before, so yeah. everybody is currently shitting themselves. Squeaky bomb time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so where's it on? So it's on at the Gilded Balloon Rose Theatre Attic Space, which is the very top of the building. I think it's up mm. a few flights of stairs. Uh, and it's on at 4.45 every day, apart from the 12th and the 9th, where I can be found in a pub. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Or, or in a beach, uh, at a beach, chilling, probably. <laughs> well, you can uh, always escape to Portobello. Yeah, that's it. I'll be yeah. staying in Edinburgh, yeah. so I'll be escaping somewhere with nature uh, around Edinburgh. So yeah, any tips, hit me up for that day. We're doing yoga on the beach. <laughs> um, let's talk about feminism. Let's. So, uh, do you consider yourself a feminist? Yes, I do. I do. Um, I know it's radical, but mm. I believe in equality between the sexes. What a crazy, crazy <laughs> idea. I know, it's about, <laughs> it's about wild, it's about left field. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a feminist, I'm a proud feminist. I work with a lot of young women, a lot of girls, teenagers as well. And it's, yeah, I just feel like it's... I feel like it's my job to help empower other people and not in a kind of, oh, I'm empowered, so I should help you be empowered. But just, I think young girls and women especially need a bit more confidence boosting than men who I think just not all men but to t- do tend to have that kind of inbuilt confidence mm-hmm. that yeah I think a lot of us are lacking I think we I, I see a lot of lack of confidence and self-esteem and a lot of the um a lot of the uh, artists that we book as well the women won't tend the women will be more self-critical but the work will be just as good yeah so yeah I'm, I'm talking about it in a work sense but yeah I, I I'm yeah, I'm a feminist with a capital F. <laughs> and does that find its way into your work and your writing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, everything I do, I think, is coming from the... Uh, everything that I do is coming from that perspective. I can't... You can't help but be but have that injected into your work. Mm. Um, what's nice about, just going back to girlhood, is what's nice about that is that I'm really laughing at myself as well. It's not like... It's not preachy, it's not anti-men, you know, it's, there's like elements of the play where the character gets her in, gets herself into some scrapes, you know, and it's, it's showing like a flawed person that makes mistakes, you know. Yeah. And I think that's really something that I think everyone should remember when talking about this stuff, when we're talking about the politics of equality and identity and, and all the rest of it is that what we're really just striving for is a world in which we're all treated the same yeah. and, and are good to each other and we yeah. don't need that journey doesn't need to be desperately dry or yeah, it can hitting be people fun. over the head yeah. it can be fun and 
I think so often it's through stories that are silly and Mm -hmm. the ways in which we fuck up and the ways in which we're flawed yeah uh, that we do find that equal footing because we're like, oh yeah, yeah, I fuck up too. You fuck up too. Amazing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're all fuck ups. Exactly. <laughs> we're, all f- we're all fuck ups together. Exactly. And yeah, I think definitely the way that I approach sex in the plays maybe um, could be called feminist because it's just a, fr- it's very frank and open and almost the way it's like almost like you're uh, less like you're overhearing a conversation that you shouldn't in a way it's like because women swear women have sex women talk about sex do you know what I mean it's like I know sex in the city done that a few years ago <laughs> I know this isn't totally revolutionary but I think actually there is still today uh the way that sex is approached with men and women uh, seems to be very it still seems to be different do you know what I mean yeah absolutely and obviously it's going to be different it's different for all genders but yeah I think I'm a young woman talking about sex in an unashamed way I'm Mm. laughing at myself but I'm not ashamed yeah if you know what I mean so absolutely yeah oh no because I think it's still you know as much as Carrie Bradshaw and her (laughs) gang led the way and I'm very glad that they did um I think we still live in a very sex shamey society and maybe especially for women yeah and maybe it's britain as well it's been, oh, I, like very I, prudish yeah i i, I hate that because it just is the way we are and i'm not i'm not calling myself british but i just mean like people that live in the uk or like like we just stuff makes people feel icky and it shouldn't mm. like sex education is an absolute joke that's I chronic um that's that's a theme touched on in the play actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's just like young people aren't taught I think now they're getting better. Now they're teaching about consent and things like that. That's brilliant. That wasn't about when I was um, younger. I know I call myself a young woman before. I'm like 31. That's still young, isn't it? Oh, yes, I absolutely. Like, I still feel like Dear a girl. God, yes. It's still young. <laughs> I still feel like a wee girl. So, <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. I, well, consent's a huge, important uh, to me half the battle in terms of because if you instill an understanding about consent, not just in in young men but young women as well, mm, yeah. It then follows on that they'll understand respect and therefore sex can become something that is not weaponized or yeah. or or icky and and made and, and it's it's just the realm for well the realm for boys yeah like, girls, I mean certainly when I was growing up the boys get told it's something that they'll start want to start doing and yeah and they should go out and do it because they're all going to be mad shaggers whereas the girls like no no don't we don't and if you do you're an absolute slag you're an absolute slag Uh uh-huh it's so interesting isn't it I wonder if that culture is the same now I feel like the young women today are so woke and sassy and you know I feel like they have I feel like they have more power to be like well I'm not going to do something I don't want to do whereas I feel like maybe people were I don't know I'm just thinking aloud here no absolutely it's hard to tell because sometimes I feel like we are moving forward in leaps and bounds in terms of what young women feel empowered to uh, do and say and think with their own lives and their own bodies. Yeah. Um, and then other times I think you read a story, some horrific story in the online about mm. some group of lads filming a, a girl on, a, on their phone and yeah. they get, you know, because obviously we didn't have social media, thank God, oh, we'll come back yeah. to that again. Yeah. Um, but then yeah. I think, yeah, and... It just and makes it the sh- life yeah. And- it just makes the shaming all that more like distilled, doesn't mm-hmm. it? All that more concentrated, 
Yeah, I wrote a short film about that actually, and it was like about how you know you could get. We we did a focus group actually. It was really interesting. We did a focus group with some lassies from a college. Can't remember what college, but they we put on a free free alcohol for them because uh, we wanted it to be like you know loose and yeah. we're all chatting. I'm your pal, and I was doing research for something, but I was very much wanting them to just open up to me, and it was it was a really interesting experience because. I think one girl out of like three tables of eight, one girl had one drink. Um, they most of them had full face of makeup, like proper contouring. Like I mean, I couldn't do it if I had, if you sat me with a YouTube tutorial and like all the tools and gave me like a hundred days, I could not achieve the look. <laughs> I was like, whoa! And they were they don't get on it as much as people did when I was that age because they're scared of being shamed. Oh, because wow. they're afraid of making a mistake and someone filming it. And it was so, I want to appear beautiful. I want to appear like, you know, getting drunk is going out of fashion because people don't want to, people don't want a photo of them, you know, lying with their yeah. like, legs akimbo and their, you know, their pants, you know. But we we had the freedom of that <laughs> without the camera. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it was so An important life lessons were learned, Kat. <laughs> yeah. like. I wouldn't be the person I am today. <laughs> Without being the legs of Kimbo. Absolutely, like, <laughs> and I'm glad it was yeah. a documentary. I am truly well, that's glad. That's it. I'm so glad too, but I wonder how much we would sense we would we would censor our own behaviour if we knew that there was just cameras on us all the time. That's really interesting. Mm. I've never given that any thought because yeah. you know, looking back on my choices growing up, I don't regret any of them. No, I, you know, I had. A ball. Yeah. Made a lot of mistakes, but they're, you know... Well, that's what growing up's about. Exactly. Like, like, we're allowed to make mistakes, and it's like... Uh, I feel like, I mean, going back to talking about... Like, going back to looking at the way young women are, there are this there are this uh, group of young women that I am seeing be like, no, we, we won't do what you tell us to do. But there's also the army of, like... Uh, I'm going to seem really out of touch. What the hell's her name? Kylie Jenner. Oh, There's yes. the Kylie Jenner army. And it's like everyone's got this uniform look that's achieved from, you know, lip fillers and stuff. I have nothing against lip fillers at all. Um, but it's just this uniform look. And I'm like, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is going... Maybe it is that kind of... There's They're so worried about what people think of them that it's like they're yeah. restricting themselves. They're not making those mistakes. And they're... I don't know. So it's all performed almost mm. like every sort of aspect of their like there's there seems to be a stillness about these young women do you know what I mean by that like yeah. they're very Just... like restrained mm. whereas like I was not feeling restrained <laughs> <laughs> I was the opposite do you know what I mean I was like Wah! I was yeah. like wearing a mask of like confidence yeah and just like trying out different things personas or I don't know I mean it wasn't like a yeah, I wasn't like Madonna or anything, but do you know what I mean? It was yeah, just kind you of. You have your goth phase and you have your. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know what else. Uh, yeah. That was it for me, I think. Well, yeah, just, it was just goth. I eventually goth, grew out. Goth to. Well, goth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like bouncing off the walls all the time. Yeah. That's it. That sounds quite sad to me. I know. I feel like they're missing out a wee bit. I know, but then maybe they know something we don't. Maybe I don't do. know. They're, more inf- they're the most informed generation to ever exist, so sure. like, maybe they know something we don't. I don't know. Possibly. I mean, I end up going down the rabbit hole of, like, Facebook videos and you just go down, I don't know, like, the endless scroll. And then I just wonder, is that... That's what they've been like from however old, four, when they're 
parents give them an iPad. It's just yeah. the endless scroll YouTube videos. And you know, I was out climbing trees and playing with kites. <laughs> Nine years old. Playing with kites. Yeah. That's adorable. Well, I, played, I played with a kite once and then it got caught in a tree. I'm from the country, so there's... <laughs> um, and then it got caught in a tree and I never done it again. It. I was like, oh, well, oh, game's that's... a bogey. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that then. Next. <laughs> um, what are you looking forward to about the Fringe? What am I looking forward to? I am looking forward to... So I did the Fringe... Well, I say I did the Fringe. I worked at the Fringe... Uh, about eight years ago and I worked in the box office and there's a photo of me the very first day I started compared to a photo of me afterwards <laughs> and my face is actually swollen oh I've got a God. swollen face at the end because I just bevied the entire time yeah. um, so I'm looking forward to approaching the fringe this year with a more mature attitude um, I will not be caught in any bars drinking till 3am no mm. I will be uh, my body's a temple I'm on a diet of like vegetables and fruit and nuts and I'm focused and I want to do my show and that's going to be my attitude until I, until genuinely until I feel comfortable enough to be like oh I can actually have a wee drink do you know what I mean yeah so I'm going to be I'm looking forward to like challenging myself as an artist I don't want to take myself too seriously I probably will end up uh, getting sucked into all the fringe excitement and madness but I've experienced it before and taken it too far <laughs> so <laughs> I'm starting off as a mm, and then this is admirable of you yeah it'll, we'll see it maybe like see how I'm day, day five or whatever yeah I feel yeah. like I might come and find you and check in yeah just do a quick I don't want and I told you so though oh no no <laughs> no no it would just be more like like I told you so light yeah. like more, yeah <laughs> like no, but mm. but in, in all seriousness, I'm really looking forward to just seeing all the different shows. Um, I've got a lot of friends doing the Fringe this mm. year that I'm excited about seeing their work. I'm excited about seeing work that I've never seen before. I mean, I could say I'm excited about living in Edinburgh, but like honestly, I'm not. I love Glasgow, yeah. so I will probably miss Glasgow. Um, but I mean, it's only a month. Boohoo! Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just like looking forward to being in the thick of it and doing this step in my career that I've not done before and maybe have a bit of fun <laughs> I think that's important but not not as much fun as I had uh, the last time because I don't want a swollen face <laughs> swollen I looked like an oompa loompa it's like <laughs> I may have been the fake tan anyway but <laughs> I don't know I've been doing the festival now for since 2005 yeah so what like give me your top tips then because I, I, I know I appear I'm probably appearing very green well, I mean, it's your first, like, it's your first run, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, not, I mean, like, uh, taking a show, a film yeah. show that you've written and doing it from start to finish. Yeah. So, like, you know, there's not really anything that can fully prepare you until <laughs> you do it. <laughs> but my top tips would be, yes, I suppose eating, eating a vegetable occasionally is very important. Yeah. Uh, stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, don't give in to the FOMO. Which is the fear of missing out. Yes. I've got a poem called FOMO. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> so you know. Read that poem to yeah. yourself. Or say it out loud to yourself every morning. Do you still... Do you get as bad FOMO now as you did, like, say, when you when you were, like, younger? Because I, I feel like it's getting less and less. I'm more like, no, I want to be in my pyjamas. I don't, I don't think I get it as much. But... I feel like I want to say I want to appear mature and wiser, and <laughs> I'm say I'm not mature, I'm just boring. 
<laughs> I'd say no. Yeah, it, it, it totally, it's totally fine. I don't care. But actually, no, I do. I think I still get it a little bit. Yeah. Um, especially I, at the top of the fringe when mm, everyone's still buzzing. Yeah. And excited to be there and, and haven't decided that they want to end it all, throw themselves off Arthur's seat. Yeah. Yet. Um, so. That's it. You'll meet me in week three, <laughs> and this twinkle in my eye, it'll be just dead. It'll, it'll be, be gone. Like, There'll be nothing here. I can't tell if that girl's Sorry, cat. She's got a really swollen face. Is that cat? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I would say um, everything that you're committing yourself to doing. You're do you're on the right track, so try and stick to that. Mm. But I suppose also don't set that bar too high yeah. for yourself, because then it's like you failed a few. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you should not be hard on yourself in that yeah. way, especially if this is your first run, because you're gonna, you're just gonna have such a good time. Mm. Um, the, like these things should be fun. Absolutely. Because I mean? if I think you could fall in the trap of taking yourself. Well, when I say you, I mean me. I could fall into the trap in the trap of taking myself so seriously and then before I know it it's all over and then it's like well what the fuck was the point exactly I mean it's not to make money no shit so. no oh god well I'm glad you yeah do you know what I mean it's, it's, it's gotta be just you've got, sorry I keep banging things no, I'm, getting, I'm getting too excited um, it's got to be fun because mm-hmm. otherwise what is the point there's no point putting yourself through something like that absolutely so yeah, I might catch you for an Aperol after the show <laughs> please please do yeah and I think you know it's one of those mad weird things that happens um that you can't really explain to people Mm. Uh, you have to just be in it and we're really lucky that it's on our doorstep here in scotland and you'll just i think being open to opportunities is another big tip so like don't like turn something down because you're like i have to i have to get an early night and i have to be like Mm. really rigid with myself because i'm an artist that Mm. that would be taking yourself too seriously yeah just follow follow the path. Yeah. Say yes. I'll be See like, Alice in Wonderland kicking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, you've just reminded me, actually, I'm doing a few guest spots at other nights. Nice one. Um, will I tell you about them? Please yeah. do, yeah. So I'm doing Loud Poets on the 14th of August. That should be really good. Um, yeah, Loud Poets are a poetry collective based in Edinburgh. Uh, they're brilliant and they've got 69 poets during the whole f- the full run so that should be good I'll be there on the 14th um, and then I am also joining John McMustard of Colonel Mustard fame I'll cool. be doing his show on the 5th of August um, in the evening as well and we'll be at the, the old museum or the national museum oh cool um, we'll be in a museum I don't know Google it it'll be yeah. fun <laughs> um, and then Sonic Youth are also doing a, a, a thing later on in the month Detail, details TBC okay cool so yeah nice one. well if people were looking for that uh, stuff um, where can they find you online online I am at Cat Hepburn Wright and it's cat with a C like the animal so it's Cat Hepburn Wright and it's Wright like write a story so it's W-R-I-T-E so Cat Hepburn Wright on everything. I'm on Insta and Twitter and Facebook and I spam all my followers and friends accordingly. So you can always find out information about all the shit that I'm up to on that. Outstanding. Yeah. So uh, just to wrap up on Girlhood, the show. Yeah. Um, at the Fringe, at Gilded Balloon, Rose, Rose Street. Street. Rose Theatre Rose on Theater. Rose Street. Yeah. Um, what is the main thing that you hope audiences take away? Hmm. I think, well, obviously I want them to laugh and cry and it'd be a completely life-changing experience. Of course, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that aside, I hope it, may, I hope it um, stirs something in them that makes them want to have conversations. Like we've got, we've got started a hashtag, I don't know if it's going to, uh, if, if anything's going to happen with it, but it's 
girlhood the play and I want I, I would love for people to have conversations about things that they've seen yeah I want it to be thought provoking in a way that starts yeah starts chats whether it be in the pub or a coffee shop I want people to discuss it for years to come <laughs> no do you know what I mean by yeah, that so like hashtag girlhood the girlhood play. the play yeah um, it's on all my flyer, it's on my artwork and stuff, uh, so on my flyers and things. So, yeah, I want I want it to start conversations with young women and men as well and non-binary, just everyone. I want yeah. people to have a chat about stuff because uh, there's a lot of things that are um, explored in the play that are quite uncomfortable as well. It's not all fun and I think, yeah, there's difficult conversations and fun conversations to have from it. I think I've said the word conversation about a million times there. <laughs> All right. We're having a conversation. A conversation. <laughs> um, I've just thought of something else uh, mm. I would like to ask you as a follow-on to that. Um, what would the woman cat tell the girl? Oh. Um, From where she's standing now with all of her wisdom and adventures lying ahead of her and adventures that she's had past. Yeah. What would you say to young you at the at the beginning of her girlhood? I would just say don't worry as much. But I think that is just... I mean, I would say that to everybody. Um, I've probably worried too much as a child. And if I'm being honest as an adult, I do as well. I don't know if it's like... I think it's just my personality. But yeah, I'm a worrier. I come from a long line of warriors. <laughs> my mum's a warrier. You know, she lies. If if you tell her something bad, she'll lie awake all night. Oh yeah. Is and that a Scottish thing? Is that a yeah, Scottish maybe. thing? We just hold the world on our shoulders. <laughs> as Scottish women. <laughs> as Scottish women. Um, so yeah, don't worry. But I mean, but I'm also then circumventing this by going. Well, I mean, if I was told not to worry, and I still did, and actually I'm still worrying. So that's probably Are you worrying right now. Oh, constantly. Are you worrying about this while you're doing it? No, no, no. no I'm not okay, worrying about this. Cool. Maybe I should be. <laughs> no, Don't worry. no. I'm worrying about things like will I be like I worry about silly things like being the wrong temperature. It's silly. It's very neurotic and silly, and it's probably like most artists are probably really neurotic. It's probably just. Do you know what? I would just say, get over yourself. Stop being so neurotic. <laughs> um. But yeah, and worrying about like, yeah, just silly, silly things that people, when you say to someone, oh, I'm sorry about that thing I said, they don't, they never fucking remember. Oh my God, I know. They're like, so it's what? Just like, right. Yeah. <laughs> don't take yourself too seriously. Don't be so neurotic. Um, love yourself. That's a big one. That's a big one, isn't That's it? That's a journey. That's <laughs> no, an ongoing journey, I yeah. think. For me anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just, yeah, everyone. Although it seems to come easier to some people, but... Kylie Jenner, I think. Yeah. yeah. She loves herself. Yeah. Seems to come real easy. Well, she's making money out of loving herself. That's true. She? I think she can afford to love herself. Yeah. That's a key difference, isn't it? Yeah. I, I would love myself if I was a billionaire too. Absolutely. <laughs> and I certainly wouldn't worry anymore. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, don't worry. I'd say that's the main thing. I think that's good advice. Mm -hmm. I think that's good advice for... What, what would you... Oh, God. What would Louise say to... Louise? That is a good question. Um... Hmm. I think I think she would m me, woman Louise <laughs> would say to young Louise it's going to be okay Yeah. and I know that sounds a little 
trite. That makes me almost cheesy. tearful hearing that though, because that is all, that is just what you want to know when you're when yeah. you're younger, isn't it? And I think because small me, wee me, was just a bit disgruntled and a little mm. like couldn't see the wood for the trees as it were. Yeah. So I think I would tell her it's it's gonna be all right, mate. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna it's gonna be a journey, but you're gonna get to you're gonna get to somewhere where you think you're actually all right. Yeah. And do you know what? So far it is all alright. It's all alright. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's worked out pretty well. Yeah. So far. <laughs> uh, lots of adventures. <laughs> Not in Magaluf, but in Ayanapa. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Take them back. Did you get any tattoos? Did anyone no, get a tattoo? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Okay. Um, I did nearly um, spew in a taxi, though, on the in the taxi back to the airport because we were hungover to fuck and we'd oh. had like two hours sleep and I was sandwiched in between two other friends and there was one friend in the front and we were just on this long stretch of burnt, hot motorway. <laughs> And the guy could see me in the back, like really struggling, and he was like shaking his head, like I can't pull over. There's no way. So you're just you just can't be sick. Oh. And it was like a thirty minute. Oh mate, drive. It was. There. I managed not to spew in the taxi. So did you do it in the airport? I did it in the airport. So you just like held it I in. Just held it in. Mm-hmm. Oh, the the art of holding in a whitey. I mean, it was it was yeah practice. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should tell so young ladies that, right? Yeah, like you're gonna get really, really good at controlling <laughs> the white team. Yeah. It's gonna be tactical. That's a soft skill. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's gonna be nothing but tactical thunders in your adult life, mate. You're gonna nail it. Um, oh my goodness. I was gonna say don't put that in, but actually, you know, tactical thunders good advice for everyone. Mm-hmm. Keep it in. Um, and then the last question for you, wonderful Cat Hepburn. Yes. Is the a name of the initiative and the podcast is Persistent and Nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a deliberately uh, provocative title, although I don't think it's that provocative. But I would like to know what you think it means to be persistent and nasty. Oh, okay. So I think I'm going to break it down into the mm. two words. So persistent, I think, keep going, don't let anyone tell you um don't let anyone bring you down especially a man <laughs> don't apologize for a man don't excuse a man um just persistence in your own value system whatever that may be um that sounds a bit dick 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 Tatory? No, dictatorial. No? I mean, if that's if that's going to be the tyranny that you've been with, thinking, I'm on board. I'm just thinking. Well, like, like <laughs> it will Trump, be part of Trump, your fascist state. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trump could be like, like, Trump could be taking my advice right now if he's listening to this. Um, I mean, I'll no. send him a copy. We'll see what happens. So Maybe. yeah, okay, right. So just persistent in like your own beliefs and and keep pushing for something that you believe in, um, as long as it's serving everyone else as well. So not be, don't be a complete um, fascist. <laughs> be a utilitarian. Yeah. And a socialist. I like it. Um, and then nasty, I think, yeah, going back to like women talking about sex and maybe ruffling feathers. I think that's about ruffling feathers and going against the grain and doing things that aren't ladylike or that aren't the norm or the status quo and just, yeah, just shaking things up and being... Just do what's not expected of you sometimes because that's okay. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kat Hepburn. You Thanks for are having me. Awesome. And I'm really excited to see the show. I'm coming, I think I'm coming on Friday the 2nd. I 
think of coming there. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to see it. So just give me give me it one more time. Where, when, how people can get tickets. Okay, Girlhood on at 4.45pm every single day, apart from the 12th and the 19th. So it's in the full run and it's on at the Gilded Balloon Rose Theatre Attic. You can get tickets online via the Fringe website or the Gilded Balloon website. And yeah, and come say hi and chat to me after because yeah, otherwise I'll be hanging about by myself. <laughs> Once again, Kat Hepburn, thank you so much for coming to chat to us. Have a really great Fringe. We will see you at your show, Girlhood. And until next time, stay nasty. Let's <laughs>